Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Well, welcome to Church at Home. My name is Leon. I'm one of the pastors here at GGC Life, and it's my honor to be bringing the word today. I've got a really uh, incredible, I believe it's a, it's a blessed word, and it's a word in season that God wants to bring. Um, it's His word, so um, I, be, I believe it's important that we honor His word. When He's speaking and when we read Scripture, the Lord wants to say something. Can I get an amen? If you're in your lounge room, why don't you say amen? Amen. Awesome. Very good. Well, This morning, I'm going to be reading straight out of John chapter 2, where we see Jesus turning water into wine. It seems like a really random, weird story um, to almost start the gospel of John in. Um, It can seem a little bit like an irrelevant sort of story, where Jesus is providing refreshments at a wedding before his his story is even supposed to start. He says, "Uh, Mom, it's not my time yet. Don't, don't, don't. Don't bring me into this drama right now. It's like the unimportant prequel. We can read into it that way. But let me tell you something. I want to propose that there's some really important stuff here. And I believe that John chapter 2 is going to prophesy to us for this season on how to be equipped in these unprecedented type seasons. Everybody's been using that word. It's like the hot word in this season. Unprecedented. This is an unprecedented season. No one saw it coming. Well, let me tell you something. God sees everything coming and He's got a word for us this morning. So why don't you get onto the edge of your seats, get ready for what God wants to deliver to you into your hearts this morning. I'm going to pray for the word and then we're going to get right into it. Heavenly Father, we honor your word in this moment. We just thank you, God, that by your word, we receive faith. So Lord, we just, we receive faith. We honor your word this morning. And Father, we just pray as well that my words um, would go forward and they would be effective and they'd be seeds that find good soil in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that through the word this morning, that lives would be forever changed, that people that have fallen into a season of discouragement or weariness, Father, I pray that this message would rattle dry bones and awaken dead people to life in Jesus' mighty name. And if you want to say amen to that prayer, say amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, John chapter 2, verse one, I'm going to be reading out of John chapter 2, verse 1. So open up your Bibles, open up your, your iPads and your phones, and uh, read it along with me. I'll read it now. John chapter 2, verse 1. And it says this, On the third day, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding about 20 to 30 gallons. And then Jesus says to the servants, fill these jars with water. So they are filled to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and he says, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. 
And what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed him. Now, John calls this story a sign. The writer of John calls this story a sign. So therefore, this isn't just some insignificant, prequel, unexpected interruption in Jesus's story, but it's a divine moment purposed to teach us something important. This is the first of seven signs that we read in John. And this, this, this one is big. And I feel like God is going to prophesy to us through this, this word today. So I want, to, I want to take a look at some stuff. On the third day, everything about this story, it's set up intentionally as a sign. And the recount opens up by clarifying and bringing up the context that this is happening on the third day. And what's the significance of that? What comes up when someone says on the third day? What's the first story that comes to mind? What's the first story? I know for me, one of the first stories that comes to mind is the fact that Jesus was raised on the third day. Jesus was raised on the third day. You might be sitting there thinking, have I just hit play on last week's Easter sermon? Am I listening to Easter Sunday again? No, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. The gospel story is not just an Easter Sunday message. It is our life. It is everything. The story of Jesus, the redemption of mankind, and Jesus conquering death, beating the grave, and rising on the third day is everything everything. It's everything to us. And this morning, I want to have a look at this, the significance of the third day, because the gospel isn't just an Easter message. It's not just for your salvation either. There's more. What's the point? The third day represents the crushing that you've endured, the suffering that you faced, Jesus has used to pave the path to living in a resurrection power. More than just getting a ticket into heaven, He's calling us to be people that live in resurrection power. We're living on another plane than versus the rest of the world. We're seated in heavenly places and there's a resurrection power that lives in us. But here's the thing, you can't live in resurrection power unless you've died. You can't live in resurrection power unless you've died. What can you resurrect from other than from death? You can't live in resurrection power unless you've died. James chapter 1 verse 12 says this, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. We are partakers of his suffering, scriptures say. We may die on Friday, but when we rise on Sunday, let me tell you something, you've got to get your expectations stirred for Sunday's schedule. We see on the third day, right through scripture, God doing incredible things. On the third day, we see Abraham given a ram to sacrifice instead of his son. That's provision on the third day. On the third day, we see God descend on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the Israelites. That's revelation on the third day. We see on the third day that Jonah is spat up out of the belly of a fish back into the will of God. That is salvation on the third day. And of course, we know on the third day, we see Jesus conquering the grave and throwing back the stone. That is resurrection on the third day. There is, there is, a, significant, there, there is a significant thing that we're reading. When, 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 
when John chapter 2 opens up and it says, this is the third day, it's like prophesying that this is supposed to be the day of resurrection, revelation, salvation. It's like, it's like the day of great expectation. You can expect it to be a great day. The, the third day was actually traditionally the Jewish wedding day. It was a Tuesday, Tuesday starting at midnight. That's the day that they would get married. And, uh, and I love the idea of the fact that Jesus rose on the third day, the day of the wedding, to come and see his bride, to be reconciled back to his bride, for the bride to be reconciled back to him. But what's also interesting is, is I, this blew my mind. When I was meditating on this, the Lord spoke to me about the third day of creation. If you go back to Genesis and you read up the third day of creation, um, all the days of creation follow this pattern of God observing and saying, this is good, this is good, this is good. Um, and, and he declares it is good. But on the third day of creation, it's a little different. It's the only day that gets two declarations that it is good. It's a double blessing. It's a double blessing day. Now, this is, this is supposed to be the day of great expectation. It's the double blessing day. It's the day of resurrection. It's the day of power. It's the day of salvation. And let me tell you, you, you may have I, I, I'm, I'm feeling this way too at times where you enter into a season and you had great expectation for it. We entered into 2020 and we prophesied over this year, the Vision Sunday statement for this year that, is that this would be a year of harvest. That's a year of double blessing. But then you enter the year and you look around, you're looking at the waves and the wind and, and you're observing and you think, okay, January started with crazy, crazy fires. In February, we had floods like nothing we've ever seen. And then on, in March, to, up to this date, we've had the flu. <laughs> we've had a crazy flu and, it's, and the death toll is insane. And, and, and it can feel like you're being called on to live in some year of harvest outside of the time that you'd expect to be called out on. You're expecting this year to be a year of harvest and it, and it feels, but it feels a whole lot more like hard work than double blessing. And Jesus, now this is what I love. When, I, when we read this scripture, it's the third day. It's a day of great expectation and, 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 and we see something go wrong. And Jesus takes the opportunity, whether according to the plan or not, to preach a message with his life. And that's the question for us this morning. Will we take the opportunity this year to preach a message with our lives? That the harvest is set aside for us and it's not determined by the seasons of this world. How do we live like this? It's a big question. How do we do this? Like, we, How can we walk in the promise of double blessing when it feels like there's a double barrel aimed right at our heads in this season? Well, we find our answer in John chapter 2, and uh, it's really beautiful the way that it's laid out. So Jesus' mom says to the servants at the wedding um, that ran out of wine, she says this powerful statement. She says this, whatever, everybody say whatever. Whatever. Whatever he says to you, whatever he commands you to do, do it. Powerful words, words of wisdom. This is the game plan. With these words of Jesus, no matter what we face, we can do all things. Why don't you prophesy over yourself if you're sitting with anyone else on the couch or anyone else is in the room with you right now. Prophesy into your household right now and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Say it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a, it's a well-quoted verse, but it's a powerful truth that we can do all things through Christ. When he says do something, we're called to do it. Now let's, let's check out what Jesus says. He, he gives these beautiful instructions and it's laid out. This is like the solution to how can, you know, this is the year of great expectation and it feels like things have gone wrong. How do we, how do we thrive in the midst of the wilderness? All right, John chapter two, verse six, it starts like this. It says, nearby stood six stone water jars. Now what I believe this represents is these these six stone water jars. These stone water jars are nothing in and of themselves. It's like it's it's like a picture of humanity. We as humans in and of ourselves, we're we're empty vessels, we're made from the dirt, we're made from the ground or the stone and and we in and of ourselves God is calling us to come to him empty. And so the number one thing I want to challenge you to have in this next season, if you want to continue to bear fruit in a season that tells you it it doesn't make sense to bear fruit right now, number one is come to Him with a humble heart. Come to Him with a humble heart. You are a stone vessel. You're a human, an empty within and of yourself. Have humility. Day one is die with Christ. You've got to die with Christ and empty yourself of your old man. There is no day three without a day one. And we try and pretty up our stone vessels. We're just empty stone vessels, but we try and pretty them up. We paint them up. Maybe we fill them with some flowers. We try to make something exciting of them. Stop. Stop doing it. Stop striving to be something. The more we strive to be something, the more we fall short. But let me tell you something. You can't fall short of humility. If you just let it all go, it's, it's an absolute. You can, you can be, if you humble yourself before the Lord, there's a freedom there. Stop striving. Striving is like, striving is like quicksand. Um, it's like panicking in quicksand. The more you struggle, the more you squirm, the more you fall and you sink into its snare. Stop striving. Find peace in this season. Then you'll be able to hear Him and His wisdom. Acknowledge that you can't do it all your own. If this, if this season has really humbled you, if you feel weak in this season, if you feel um, helpless on your own in this season, it's, a, it's, it's actually a tool for you to be like, okay, God, I know I can't do this in and of myself and I need you. Come to Him as an empty stone vessel, okay with who you are. A couple years ago, back when Vanessa and I were dating, we went on a road trip, um, and it was kind of it was snowing. It was really cool. We heard it would be snowing, and so we planned into our calendar to go to a road go do a road trip up to the Blue Mountains. And um, can I get a water, someone? Thank you. Um, so we were driving up the Blue Mountains, and as we're driving up, we're driving. We get to a hill, and we start driving up this hill. But there is there are thick layers of snow on the road at this point, and and the the snow is starting to fall quite heavily. It's feeling like I mean I've never been to the U.S. or any crazy snow places, but for an Aussie, it felt like a snowstorm. The snow was heavy, it was thick, and and there was a thick layer of snow on top of the road. So we're, we're me and Vanessa. Vanessa's driving us, and um, we're driving up the hill. And as we're driving up the hill, we start to notice 
um, the car is sliding every now and then. And Vanessa's just starting to freak up and, and freak out and lock up a little bit. And I'm kind of there freaking out as well, thinking, whoa, 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 what's going on? And we kept driving. And then again, it just kept sliding. And we, we were getting to the edge of a, a cliffside as we we're turning a corner. And it's just getting really scary. And she kept driving. And as we kept driving, we kept sliding. And so we just stopped. We, we, put the, we put the car on, on park and we jumped out of the car and we assessed the situation. If we kept going, we easily could have fallen off that cliff. If, if the pride in us was like, let's just keep going, I'm sure we'll be able to make it. We could have fallen off that cliff and I couldn't have been here today to preach this word to you. But ladies and gentlemen, we jumped out of that car and we had a look. We observed we were real with the situation at hand and we actually swapped. I chose to drive instead because Vanessa's like, you know what? She admitted to herself, I don't feel confident driving in this, uh, this weather. And so I jumped in and we were able to drive the car around and we slowly turned around. I think we had someone outside of the car monitoring and keeping an eye on things. But that's, that's humility, guys. A humble heart gives birth to a hopeful delivery. Come to the Lord with a humble heart. These vessels were just plain old empty vessels. Don't try and pretty up your story. You are what you are and God can use you. You are what you are and God can use you. So think about it. What needs to die in your life? Here's a list. Maybe it's independence. You're so independent that you won't let God see into your weakest moment. You're hiding your nakedness from Him. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's fear, maybe fear of what could happen, the uncertainty of the future, because, uh, uh, because the fear, um, not having faith to rest, because of fear, you're not having faith to rest in Him. Maybe it's selfishness, maybe you need to kill off selfishness in your life. You're so self-interested that you find it hard to empty yourself of your own desires, sin and attitudes and aspirations, and it's holding you back from being filled up by Him. Come to Him as an empty vessel. What needs to die in your life? To come to Him empty and in need. We, don't, we, we need to come as empty vessels. So empty out what doesn't belong. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says this, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Vanessa and I would have fallen off the edge of a cliff if we hadn't taken a moment to stop and assess. Pride is a poison and it imitates power, but it makes you a prisoner. Pride holds you back from winning in life, learning and growing and loving. You hide this, this, in this prison in your pride and, it, and you make it out like everything is fine and it's sorted and you isolate yourself from the help that God wants to bring to you. You may have heard it said, His strength is made perfect in our weakness. It comes out of 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to 10. He, uh, the scripture says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. When I realize I come to the moment where I realize I need Him, I'll take His help. I'll receive of what He wants for me to have. Don't get caught in quicksand, striving in your pride. Come empty to Him. Why? Or well, we read on uh, in John 2, verse 6 to 7. So nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, which is like baptism, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Now Jesus said to the servants, fill these jars with water so that they are filled to the brim. Filled 
to the brim. The second thing that I want to challenge us to, to have is to have holy cravings. If you want to be a fruitful person in this season, you got to have holy cravings. Come to Him with a humble heart and, and stir your holy cravings to receive. You've come to Him empty, but you've got to be hungry for Him to fill you in this season. Holy cravings. Now, you know what? I'm sharing the word I'm bound to share about fast food. Fast food is bound to jump in. And when we are talking cravings, I'll tell you about all my fast food cravings. I love my KFC or Portos and kebabs and HSPs. Yum, yum, yum. But let me tell you something. KFC ain't going to get us through lockdown three. Can I get an amen, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you very much. Listen, getting through an unprecedented season is going to take the presence of an unshakable, all-time faithful God. He who sustains in and out of season, precedented or unprecedented. John chapter 7, just a couple chapters later, we read about um, how Jesus stood and He cries out and He says, If anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost, everybody say innermost, innermost. Let's try and open this water. Innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Water's got me, this, all this talk of water is getting me thirsty, so don't mind me, I'm going to take a quick sip. Beautiful. All right. From his innermost, his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. We don't need to look for water when we thirst. Our water, we don't have to look around into the world. We don't have to strive and struggle. Stop going to Facebook and online and other people and, and, and even just a bunch of preachers on YouTube, even to the Sunday service to be fed. Go to the feet of Jesus, our King, the one who gives living water. But let me tell you what, He's given us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is closer than you could ever imagine. He's been given to live within us in our innermost being. What does that mean? That means no matter where you end up, whether in the heights of heaven or the depths of hell, Holy Spirit is there as close as you can imagine, as close as the very cells that make up our body. Holy Spirit is within us and, and our water comes from our innermost being. There's no need to be distracted by the winds and the waves that surround me. I'm deep at rest in the belly of my boat for deep in my innermost being, deep in my secret place, I am tied and in full union with the unshakable, all faithful God of the ages who never changes, always remains. Even in the hardest places, I got peace like a river deep down in my soul. And you can have it too. The only way that you can have it is if you come to Him empty willing to receive with holy cravings what He wants to pour into your life. We receive His Spirit, His living water, and His empowering grace. He empowers us with a grace, an anointing, a favor to get through things, and not just to get through, but to thrive, to bear fruit. And you know what? There's this charge, this beautiful line, where Jesus says, fill these jars with water, but make sure you fill them to the brim. What does that speak of? 
I feel like God's saying to us, He's prophesying through the scripture to us, and He's saying, be filled with me to the point that there is no room for anything else to fill you. Be filled with my presence, filled with my spirit, where there is, to, to the point where there is no vacancy found in your heart for other things to creep in, especially in a season where we're isolated and, and, and you, there's all sorts of influences online that are trying to influence you. God says, come to me and be filled with my presence to the very brim. Ephesians 5 verse 18 says, Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. Everybody say always. Always. Give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does this speak of? What's the Scripture saying? Be filled with the Spirit, but at all times. Be speaking to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, and give thanks always, all day, every day. If you want to come out on top when that third day comes around, you better be speaking faith, even as you're walking into that grave. You know, even as Jesus was approaching that cross, He said, hey, this temple is going to be raised up on the third day. And He talks about how He goes to prepare a place for us. This is the Jesus who knew where He was heading, but knew the final destination. As we approach whatever battle you're facing, even when you feel like it's killing you, remember this, love counts the most when it's hardest to give. In this season, it counts the most to be faithful when it's hardest to be faithful. Don't lose sight. Go to Him and be filled to the brim. I love the imagery that we find in Psalm chapter 1, and it says, Blessed is the man who meditates on the Lord day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. There's no autumn for this, this tree. Whatever they do prospers. And then it goes on and it talks about the wicked, the people that aren't planted in the water. Not so the wicked. They are like the chaff that the wind blows away, temporary. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. He's watching over you. But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. There's short-term pleasure, but long-term destruction in the way of the wicked. So come to Him. Come empty with a humble heart and holy cravings to receive what He wants to fill you with in this season. You can't access what you have not acquired. A little, a little while ago, Vanessa and I traveled internationally and um, we were visiting for, uh, for some ministry and we were blessed um, with a car while we were there to, to use and drive around um, while we were there because we, uh, we didn't have the funds to, to hire a car while we were there. Um, funny thing is, it turns out we had to share this car with another couple. We had all these uh, grand ideas of going on a road trip around this country, of going, you know, for sneaky Macca's runs and just, just do, you know, just having our own little schedule and our own space. But it turns out we were sharing with these people and uh, it was a little bit awkward at times trying to figure out, okay, who's got the car, who's driving, things like that. But let me tell you something, beggars can't be choosers. I didn't pay for the car. I didn't book the car. We didn't hire a car. We chose not to hire a car. So we didn't get the benefit of having a car. Well, guess what? We don't have access to what has not been acquired. You can't have access to what you haven't acquired. But we no longer have to beg. Beggars can't be choosers, but we don't have to beg because we have been gifted His Holy Spirit. His presence is ours to receive. 
So if you want access to that Psalm 1 anointing, you better get in that stream, jump in the river of His presence and receive from Him. Now there's a beautiful thing, when, when we received, there's a beautiful thing that happens. When we receive of His presence, let's keep reading on. John chapter 2 verse 8. Then He told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Okay, they did so and the master of the banquet tastes the water that had been turned into wine. And he didn't realize where he'd come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Now, I feel like this represents prophetically that the world is going to sense that there's something on you that's blowing them away. They're going to sense that you have something that doesn't make sense in this season. They're not going to know where it comes from until they peer in a little deeper. But it says, he calls to the bridegroom and he says, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. You saved the best till now. The master of the banquet's thinking, what did this guy do? This makes no sense. There's no logical explanation for something like this. Friends, if you want to find the hand of God on you today, seek a humble heart with holy cravings and you'll witness a hopeful delivery. In a season where it seems like everything is running out, the world is going dry, people are going dry, you're going to bring a hopeful delivery. You're going to bear a fruit that doesn't make sense in this season. And even when something gets thrown, something gets thrown into your third day of great expectation, when, when you're expecting this day to be a great day or this year, 2020, to be a great season, and everyone else is prophesying over this year that this is just, this is a write-off year, let's just get to 2021. People, this is the year, this is the very season when love counts the most, when it's hardest to give, faithfulness counts the most, when it's hardest to have faith. This is the season to bring a hopeful delivery. If you've ever gone for a job interview, it's normal to go and put your best foot forward in those job interviews. You, you kind of, you have to advertise yourself. You've got to market yourself. You go in and, and you say, you know, I'm good at this and this. You know, I, I've got these gifts. I've got these skills. And then they go and they ask you, hey, what's your weakness? And you say something like, oh, I'm overly committed to work. Something that's just so, like, you just seem like the brightest, the best candidate for the job. And then, and then you get to work, and most people, you get to work, you've hired them, and then there's a whole bunch of dodgy things that start showing up and things come to the surface. Because as time goes on, the natural thing is for the truth to show. Ladies and gentlemen, in the same way, as time goes on, and as the going gets tough, the truth is going to surface. What's in your life, the water, the presence of God that's been poured into you will begin to surface. And when no one else is bearing crop, when no one else has anything to give anymore, God has called you to be a hopeful delivery in a season that feels wasted. This is the season for the church to stand up and be all that He's called us to be. Ladies and gentlemen, you've probably heard this illustration before. When you, ske- when you squeeze an orange, what do you get? You get orange juice. When you squeeze a Christian, what should you get? Christian juice. Correct. I'm joking. You should get Jesus. When you squeeze a Christian, when we're persecuted, when we're suffering, when things aren't going great, all that should come out. When we're filled to the brim and there's no room for anything else in our life, when we're filled to the brim with His presence, all that can come out, all that can possibly come out is Jesus When you're expecting a double blessing and you can't see it in sight, He is calling you to be the double blessing, you to be the hope. In the face of death or when everyone else is failing, 
when you're being squeezed, He's called you to be the hope. Now, there's a, cool, there's a cool prayer that we see the disciples pray in Acts chapter 4. I want to read it out. The context of this is that early on in Acts, the disciples receive the presence of the living God. They're speaking in tongues. It's the day of Pentecost, and it's incredible. Thousands of people are getting saved. And then a little bit, uh, a chapter or two on, we see that they start to get silenced by the religious leaders. The religious leaders go to them and they say, hey, if you don't stop this, we're going to arrest you. We're going to put you away. You need to stop preaching this nonsense right now. The disciples are all excited. They encounter God and they start preaching, but then they get shut down. They get told to stop preaching. The question is, what do they do? They could remain discouraged because of what's been thrown at them. They could allow it to throw them off skew, but instead they prayed this powerful prayer, a prayer of humble hearts with holy cravings and a hopeful delivery. Acts 4 verse 24, it says this. Let me just pray it out for us as well. I just want to pray this out together um, over the church, over whatever you're facing. Like, join with me. If, if, you want, if you want this to be your prayer, just, just, just say amen at the end of this. But I'm going to pray this for myself. I'm going to pray it for my family, pray it for my household, and pray it for my church. Sovereign Lord, this is what they said. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. What are they doing? They're acknowledging with humble hearts they need God as empty stone vessels. And they continue. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against His anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and your hand had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. It's like the rattling of dry bones. The presence of the Lord is coming in and is filling them with something to be something that the world needs in that season that they could not have been in and of themselves. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, it says. They had holy cravings and they were filled with living water. And then they spoke, it says, they spoke the Word of God boldly thereafter. What's that? That's the hopeful delivery. That's the new wine. That's the fresh provision. The third day is traditionally the wedding day in, in these Jewish traditions. And, and we know that um, it's, it's a day of great expectations. The day of the third day of creation says that this is the day of double blessing the third day. And when you're expecting a double blessing, when this is like you, you set this year aside as, hey, this is going to be, this is my good luck year. I, I have faith for this year. And then something comes and it knocks you out of sight and you can't see the double blessing. You can't see it in sight. 
He calls you to be the double blessing. He calls you to be the hope. In the face of death or when everyone else is failing, on the third day, He has called you to rise. On the third day, He has called you to redeem. On the third day, He has called you to restore. He has called you to rescue. On the third day, He has called you to reconcile. Even on the third day, when the world is saying He's long gone and dead, Jesus is done. The stone is in front of the tomb. When all hope is lost, those in Christ will rise. It's not a choice. It's not a question. The deal is done. The story has written. There's a full stop. Those in Christ will rise. So if I can encourage you with anything, friends, come to Him empty, longing to be filled, and He will use you to pour out a blessing on this earth that the world never expected. They'll say, what? In this hour? How is this possible? Who would leave this kind of wine for now? This makes no logical sense. Who would serve this wine at this hour? What seemed to be your destruction could and would be your defining moment, I prophesy of you. Why? Because love counts the most when it's hardest to give. And I believe that you're going to choose to give. I want to pray for us in this moment. I I just want to invite you to bow your heads in reverence to the Lord. And I'm just going to, I'm going to invite us all to receive of His presence in this moment. Then I'm going to hand it over to, to my dad, to Leo, and he's going to share a little bit of the gospel with you. But why don't we just bow our heads? Father, we just invite you to come and do what only you can do. We come to you as empty vessels, knowing that we're human, knowing that we're mere stone and earth, that we come from the dust of the earth and we come to you empty of ourselves, longing to be filled. We have holy cravings this morning, Lord. We have holy cravings. We desire your presence, your living water filled to the brim so that in a season where it looks like all hope is lost, we can be the hopeful delivery. Lord, use us, we pray. And we declare in the face of the enemy that this is still the season and the year of harvest. This would be the year where we see salvations like never before, miracles like never before, prophetic activity like never before, dreams coming true like never before, God-given vision, fresh vision in Jesus' name. Let it be a fruitful season, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Over to you, Dad. Such a great word from Leon, um, really word in season for us. And I know you received that. And we just thank you, Father, for what you're doing this hour. Thank you for your presence. We're just going to pray, uh, continue from Leon's prayer. Lord, I thank you that you touch every single person in their rooms and where they're at and where they're in their living rooms or in their homes, watching as a family or watching alone. Let them feel your love. Let them feel your embrace. Let them be filled with your spirit right now in Jesus' name. We thank you that you have left the best wine to last. We bless you for it right now. I'm gonna, I am just want to speak to those that don't yet know the love of Jesus. Maybe you don't know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Maybe you feel empty, full of despair. Maybe you feel, man, Leo, you know, what's happening around the world has actually, you know, made things rise up in my heart and maybe loneliness, depression, anxiety, fear, fear of the unknown. 
What if I get the coronavirus? What happens if I die? Like, are you ready to meet your maker? You should be so at peace. And if you don't have this peace, I believe this peace is found only in Jesus Christ. I believe with all my heart, it's only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father loved you so much that He sends His Son Jesus to live a perfect life without sin. Lived a perfect life, obeyed God completely. Imagine that, a man that never sinned. Every single person that's ever lived on this planet has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus never sinned. Born of a virgin birth, but never ever sinned. Obeyed God completely and then died on the cross in our place, in your place, in my place. Take it personal. Receive it as a personal reality that God loved you enough to die on that cross just for you. God sent His Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have eternal life. There is a hell to shun. That means there is a reality. Hell is like a prison. We put people in prison when they're, when they're not fit for society. If they're, they're mass murderers, then they're rapists and they're killers. We've got to put them in prison. We don't think anything wrong with that. Well, there's a spiritual prison called hell. When we don't accept Jesus Christ, we don't say yes to the Father's love. And you yeah, but why would, why would I have to accept Jesus? Because we've all turned away from God. Think about that. God has created you and me and all of us for Himself. Yet have we given Him our heart? Have we given Him our life? God is love. God is good. God is beautiful. So I want to give you this opportunity, no matter where you are, I feel there's people right now listening in. Some are even at the verge of, you know what, I just want to give up. I just don't, I don't want to live my life anymore. And if you've got suicidal thoughts, I'm telling you, that's not the answer. That's not the answer for you. God is your hope. Jesus Christ is your hope. He will give you peace right now. He'll give you the gift of life right now, the gift of forgiveness. Wash away all your sins. Everything you've ever done wrong, God says, I wipe it clean. I forgive you because of what? my son Jesus did for you on the cross so when you put your faith in Christ God deletes your account everything you've ever done wrong is washed away and deleted so that you have right standing with God so if you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord right now I want to pray this prayer with you just repeat after me it's a simple prayer but a powerful a powerful prayer God expects us to repent. That means to change our thinking, change our mind, change our heart. Turn away from the way we were going and about face. 180 degree turn and we say, God, I follow you. I was following myself in sin, but I follow you from now on. I believe in Jesus Christ. So pray this prayer with me. Father God, I thank you. Just repeat after me. For sending your son Jesus and dying on the cross for my sin for taking my penalty, taking my judgment so that I can be forgiven, washed clean of all my sin and guilt. I open up the door of my heart. Jesus, I ask you to come in by your Spirit. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. I believe with all my heart and I will follow you all the days of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, I believe with all my heart, God accepts you into His family. That's what God's Word says, the Bible teaches us very clearly, anyone who comes to Him, he'll, he'll in no wise push away. He'll accept you into His family. But we, we, we accept by faith. We receive by faith. We believe by faith. And God says, you don't have to do anything to be forgiven. Just believe in my Son, Jesus. Believe in His love. Believe in God's mercy. Believe in God's joy. He has accepted you. Now what you need to do is start to tell someone about it. I made a decision to follow Jesus. I've become a Christian. Start picking up a Bible. Read the Bible for yourself. Find a good Bible-believing church. 
You need to find a church family. So if you've stumbled across this site or watched us online, this church, and maybe it's your first experience or you're looking for a church family, we'd love to hear from you. Why don't you connect with us? There's many ways of connecting with us and contacting us on your screen right now. Send us a message, contact us, whatever way you feel comfortable. But we'd love to get to know you, get to connect with you. And and, and we want to help you grow in your faith and help disciple you and be a part of the church family here at Glorious Gospel Church. We love you dearly. Tuesday night's prayer meeting. This is a time to pray like never before. We encourage you to come. Come online Tuesday night. It's going to be 6.30 to 7.30. We're praying for what God is doing in the nations of the earth. We really, really encourage you to come online at 6.30 to pray together at the same time. And next Sunday will be Church Online, GGC Life Church Online at 10.30 again. God bless you. Thanks for being with us. We're going to go into time of worship, extend the time of worship, pray with your family, receive the presence of God. If you've got sickness in your body, you can receive healing where you are right now. God's presence heals you. God's Word comes and heals you right now. I speak peace in people's situations. Just receive the peace of God. God's touching people right now. We release the peace of God. We release your presence. We release your love. We release your goodness right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. See you next time. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website ggclife.com or email us ggclife at ggclife.com From our house to yours, be blessed.